Hey everyone, welcome to the first ever episode of A Cup of Joe and Jimmy. I'm Joe, I am a recent graduate from the University of Central Florida, where I graduated with a degree in communications. Uh, I'm currently unemployed. Um, I enjoy golf, baseball, football, and the occasional large sausage and pepperoni pizza. Hi, I'm Jimmy. I'm Joe's brother. I'm currently a student of finance at the University of Central Florida in my senior year. I am also a level one out of four levels student at the local comedy club in Orlando, Florida. I'm also profusely sweating in this room that seems to be without AC. What's up, guys? It's Luke, a former member of the undefeated national champion UCF football team. I love talking sports. My hero is Colin Cowherd, and I'm happy to be here with you all. Charge on. Um, yeah, so like we said before, we are a cup of Joe and Jimmy with a little bit of cream thrown in that coffee with our man Luke Ebsmeyer. And guys, our hope with this podcast, our dream is that this can be something that during your week is a 45-minute release uh, from the daily grind, whether it's driving to work, from work, or you're sitting at home looking for work. We are here to help you out. And uh, I'll be honest, guys, this first episode, we were a little bit nervous, and it might come off a little a little stuffy to yeah, you. Yeah, we sound, we sound pretty serious. Uh, yeah, so we apologize for that, um, but normally we are three laid-back guys just looking to uh, talk to you guys about sports, make you laugh a little, maybe, and make your day a little brighter. Maybe crack open a cold one. Mm, we're probably not going to do that on the show. Uh, anyway, yeah, we got a good lineup for you guys today. We are talking... The NFL Super Bowl, we're talking NBA trade deadline, little Winter Olympics thrown in there, and uh, closing her out with the man himself, Tiger Woods. Uh, he's not here, no, we don't have him as a guest, we're simply going to talk about him. Working on it. Uh, yeah, so that's us. Um, let's do it. Let's do it! Now that you know a little bit more about us, a little bit more about our show, um, let's go ahead and get started. And we're going to get started with a segment I like to call, What Burns My Biscuits? And the goal for this take is for you guys to get your uh, to get your blood pumping a little bit, get your hearts racing so you can get ready to hear the rest of the show, wake you up on this Monday morning, or uh, maybe it's a Monday afternoon when you're listening. Anyway, here we go with What Burns My Biscuits, week one. You guys want to know what burns my biscuits? What? Space travel. And I'll tell you what about space travel burns my biscuits. It's not that I'm against it. Okay, I'm not. I think it's cool. I think what Elon Musk did with uh, SpaceX is really cool. But we're spending billions of dollars to send these things into space, to send a Tesla to Mars. We Our goal is to move people to Mars. We're doing all of that when... We don't even know our own planet, okay? Less than 7% of our oceans are discovered. 7%. I think 
something could be lying down there that is useful for us. We don't even know if there's water on Mars, but we know that there are cures to diseases in the ocean. That's been proven, okay? There's been sponges that possibly could help, maybe not cure cancer, but maybe lead to a cure to cancer. Yet we're not spending the time and effort to explore our oceans. Instead, we are too worried about spending all these money on telescopes that are taking little pictures of planets out in the beyond. I mean, way out there. I don't understand. I'm all for space travel after we have discovered 100% of our oceans. So my question for you guys is, do you agree and why or why not? Go ahead. I will say I wholeheartedly disagree with that entire statement. I mean, I think, yeah, the ocean travel is good and all, but you're, you're saying it like... Ocean travel, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, ocean discovery. I don't know. But you're saying it like that, like we're paying for Elon Musk to spend something to Mars, to send something, but we're not. He, he, he's not a government agency. SpaceX is a private company. NASA's paired with them. Yeah, but NASA's not sending them there. They're actually paying NASA to have their stuff there. So they're like renting out NASA's facilities. So I don't, I don't think, I mean, if Elon Musk wants to waste his money, that's fine. But it's not like we're wasting our money by doing that. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Luke, what do you think? I'm a little 50-50 on this. Um, I saw a Tesla driving the other day and thought to myself, wow, there's one of these floating towards Mars. Seems like a waste, huh? Yeah, um, I'm not too fond of a mannequin uh, being the first guy to find out if there's any uh, water on Mars, but uh, other than that, it's pretty cool. There's actually a conspiracy going around that he put a body in there and it was a perfect murder. Yeah, I mean, that could definitely be true. But <laughs> like, my final remarks on that is, who cares? When that Tesla gets to Mars, what does that change? Nothing. Nothing. All right, guys. Well, hopefully you listening to that gets your blood pumping a little bit, gets your heart racing. Maybe you like me a lot less now. And this is our first podcast, so I really hope that's not true. But let's uh, let's start talking about why you're all here. Sports. First topic, NFL Super Bowl. Um, my question for you guys is, initially... Coming off, it's been a week. What are your thoughts on the Super Bowl? What are your thoughts on that game? Well, any time that Tom Brady can lose in a Super Bowl, I am all for it. That's why Eli Manning is one of my favorite uh, people on this planet for for what he did, ending that perfect season and beating him again. Um, so yeah, I'm. I was a huge fan of the Eagles that day, and I really liked the outcome of the game. I felt like the game was going just like past Super Bowls, that everything was not going the Patriots' way, but things were staying close enough and things were happening to keep them in the game. And I felt like it was going that direction, but that Brady fumble at the end of the game kind of sealed the deal for it and turned the tides a little bit when momentum was kind of going Brady's way. So, yeah, I was very happy to see that. I'll tell you something that burns my biscuits. Yes. No football today. It's the worst. My question for y'all is, why do the Patriots get off to so many slow starts in these games? Um, all I hear about all week leading up to the game is, you know, Tom and Bill have been here so many times, but it seems like every time, you know, I flip on the flip on the game, they're they're behind, um, whether it's the first half or first quarter even. Um I have a stat in front of me. It says the Patriots have scored three points total in all first quarters combined in um, all the Super Bowls Brady and Belichick have competed in. 
Yeah, it's truly remarkable. And yet with those slow starts, they they still seem to be in control. I mean, they can be down 10, 14 uh, with not that much time left to go. And there's not a doubt in everyone's mind that the Patriots are going to win that game. Even when the Eagles stripped Brady, got the ball back, um, and the Patriots ended up getting the ball back, with less than a minute on the clock, backed up all the way on their own with their own five-yard line, something like that, I still thought that the Patriots were going to win because Brady is the GOAT. Is Brady still the GOAT after this game? Well, first, I want to give my opinion on their slow starts. I think a lot of it comes from the maybe lack of experience with the Patriots. A lot of them have been to the Super Bowl and stuff, but from Brady's first teams to now, it's a completely different team. So I think as Bill Belichick, he can only do so much to get that team ready. Um, But also not like the Eagles were the most experienced team in that situation either, but they had... They had momentum their way, and I mean, last season they had a great season as well, and things kind of fell apart, but um, yeah, it is interesting that they have such, slow, such slow starts with how good they are, um, and the talent in Brady and Belichick, but yeah, I think a lot of it just has to do with lack of experience, and is Brady still the GOAT? That that was a, it was a realization I came to last year, as hard as it was for me, to admit that yes, Brady is the GOAT. Um, and I don't, I don't think his performance in that game, I mean, he had, he had a very good game that fumble hurt him. Yet but, he still got them in, into position for a Hail Mary at the end. That was almost complete. Oh, I know. I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it, but yeah, no, he's still the goat. He still had a great game. Things just didn't go his way. I mean, his defense was awful. He scored, he scored enough, defense. he scored enough points to win that game. Yeah. So I thought it was a really exciting game. It was a much better game than I thought I was going to tune in and watch, especially there just wasn't as much buzz surrounding this year's Super Bowl as in years past. But more importantly than the football game is the football halftime show. Quick thoughts on Justin Timberlake's performance. The <laughs> the the kid, I just can't get I can't get my mind off of how uncomfortable I was watching the kid in the audience, like the selfie kid. I forget his name, but I, I saw and I saw someone on Twitter call it out like when the actual halftime Super Bowl was happening. They said this kid will be on the Ellen show in, in a week. And he caught a shot. And he was completely correct. Ellen had that kid on the show. And he seemed like a nice kid. But yeah, it was very uncomfortable. The kid looked extremely awkward up there. And he was just on his phone half the time. I bet he was getting like the filled up storage um, alert or whatever. But yeah, I mean, he, the, the show was good. But I when I think about the show, all I think about is, is the kid. Luke, I know you're a big JT fan. What'd you think of your boy? I thought he killed it. Um, I think you forget um, sometimes how many hits he really does have. Um, I'd be interested to find out. You know, the, the kid, the kid was obviously obviously a big hit. Um, you know what? What it'd be interesting to find out what song is like. Does he know JT by? Like, I mean, how old was he? Thirteen. Yeah, he he might not even it's, have known who Justin Timberlake can't, was. Is "Can't Stop Feeling" really the song that he identifies Justin Timberlake with? I didn't like that that was his last song either because I'm like that's not that's not maybe even like top that's not top three JT songs for me and they didn't didn't InSync come out I was hoping that would be like a like a reunion at halftime no no InSync but they did a song from it to start off right but no InSync okay <laughs> all right well 
the Super Bowl has come and gone, and uh, we're in the offseason now. So now it's time to talk about what is happening now, and that is the NBA trade deadline was this past week. Um, biggest winners and losers from this year's trade deadline. I'll go ahead and go if there's no other thoughts on it. I would say the biggest, I don't know if they're the biggest winner, but obviously the one that stood out to me was the Cavs. And I think it's because they got rid of just a lot of junk on their team. They are now a much younger team. And I think a team that is poised to make a run in the future, not this year. But I think them making the moves they made is what is going to keep LeBron James on the Cavaliers. If they didn't make those moves, he's gone. I I think I used to have a lot of faith that LeBron would stay with the Cavs, but as I've seen more turmoil in that front office and his relationship with Dan Gilbert, I know isn't good. It's never been good. Um, I don't know. I don't see him staying, but I do agree. I think the Cavs got rid of a lot of dead weight. They got some young talent on the team. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm personally very happy that Dwayne Wade's back with the Heat. That came sooner sooner than I thought it would. Um, but I'm super happy about that. But I do why, not. Think, why are you happy about that? Because he's not going to make the team better. Well, it's just it's it's legacy. You know, you retire with the team. Fair enough. Yeah. No, he's not going to make the team better. The Heat are just a. An okay team, but we're all just playing for second place to the Warriors this year, unfortunately. Yeah, I think the Cavs got better. Um, obviously, their previous roster um, chemistry was not working. Um, I think they got younger, longer, more athletic. Um, I think um, down the road, they'll have uh, potential for better matchups with the Warriors. Um, um, I, think the La- I think you have to mention the Lakers as a trade deadline winner. Um, they cleared up some cap space for LeBron and uh, Paul George um, for next summer. Um, as far as LeBron coming or staying or leaving, I think um, LeBron and his camp make very calculated decisions. And if he thinks he can stay and win a title on Cleveland, he'll do that. But ultimately, I think he'll leave. Um, I think L.A. gives him so many options outside of basketball um, that he can't pass up career-wise as it um, as it winds down and obviously the Magic Johnson connection is uh, very enticing for him what do you think they do with Isaiah Thomas because I right now I think that him being on a team makes no sense especially with Lonzo Ball it's only working a little bit right now like he had a pretty good game I think it was yesterday the only reason that worked is because Lonzo Ball's out so what do you how do you think that's going to work once he's back if it comes down to it, I think Magic's a pretty smart guy, and, and uh, I think if uh, it's between LeBron and Isaiah, I think we know which way he'll go on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then the losers of this NBA trade deadline, I'm going to have to, I don't know if they're the biggest loser, but I'm going to go with my hometown team, the Orlando Magic, who going into the trade deadline, I thought they need to get rid of either Alfred Payton or Evan Fournier. They got rid of Peyton, but for what? Uh, a second-round draft pick? Am I right on that? And that could be a good thing, but in the NBA, you never know. Past that first round, you just never know. And the Magic have consistently failed at getting people or things in return for what they get rid of. And so I don't think it's as much as the Magic have made 
the wrong moves um, as far as who they're getting rid of, who, what they're trying to do. It's what they've gotten for it that has just been atrocious. And so once again, they get rid of a good player, but someone who maybe needed to go, but for what? And I mean, watching Oladipo this year ball out has been hard. Uh, and just seeing what has come of the Magic's trades, it's its baffling to me that they are as bad as they are with how many moves they've tried to make, how many years of rebuilding they've attempted. And I hope with new management, things will get better, but things so far are just looking worse. As most of us know, uh, being Magic fans, um, the players we tend to trade away tend to have success elsewhere. Um, Alfred Payton actually had 19 points, 9 assists, and 6 rebounds the other night in his debut for the Kings. Does not surprise me. For the Suns, excuse me. Um, So that's kind of disappointing, but you know, you have faith in the management. Um, I know this this isn't at the fault of the uh, current management, but it says here in Orlando has turned Tobias Harris, Victor Oladipo, and Alfred Payton into Terrence Ross and a second-round draft pick. Yeah, um, unbelievable. Yeah, Tobias Harris. Oh, what a great example. I don't. My my loser. I did honestly um, have as the Cavs, but they're also a winner. It's confusing because I think that they changed up the team so much that they are in midseason right now having to start up with a whole new squad when people already have all this chemistry. Um, so at the same time, I think they're both a winner and a loser, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it makes sense. But would you say that if the Cavs manage to make it all the way to the finals, do they match up now? They with, will make it all the way to the finals. They were going to make it anyways. Do they now match up better with who we're going to think is coming out of the West, the Warriors? Do they match up better now than they did before? I don't even know if it matters. It's it's disappointing because I love the NBA and I love the competitiveness and I love the NBA playoffs. But the Warriors are just such a dominant team that I don't think it matters even if you match up better. It's you're you're still behind. But I mean I'll answer your question. I think I think they do. I think they had a lot of uh good older players on their team that they just tried to mesh and hope the system would work and it didn't. And I think uh, like who they have now will probably uh, mesh better with LeBron, but in the end, I they just don't compare to the Warriors. And no one does. Maybe the Rockets, but no, the Cavs don't. Yeah. I think, like Luke mentioned earlier, I think the fact that they are now a more athletic team and a younger team in just that sense, they match up better, but I, I, I don't think the finals are going to be too competitive. But I, I also think that like what the Cavs did shows that it's absolute mayhem in that front office, and everyone is kind of confused about what's going on, and so that kind of contributes to why I think they're a loser. Anyone who thought Isaiah Thomas was going to come in and you know try and replace Kyrie is probably fooling themselves. I mean, I think that was pretty evident. I think. Isaiah Thomas was shooting close to 25% from three. Uh, it's not going to cut against the Warriors. It's not going to cut it against anybody. Um, you know, I like the addition of Rodney Hood, Larry Nance Jr. Those are some athletic wings um, that match up well with the Warriors. George Hill, obviously a veteran. 
Um, he's had some good playoff experience. I think those guys will help in the long run. Um, they, they needed shooting. I think they got a little bit of that. Um, the offense is going to move through the brawn, and um, he's going to carry them where they're going to go. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, everyone that's even like wanting to doubt LeBron right now might say they think he's lost a step. We're just waiting for playoff LeBron, and he'll prove everyone wrong. It's just regular season. He is older. He has to take it easier. He's also played a ton of minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with you, Luke. You can't expect Isaiah Thomas to to fill the hole that Kyrie left. But Isaiah Thomas was also kind of toxic when he came in. He was a lot of uh, locker room talk. He was also claiming people weren't playing defense, even though he wasn't playing the best defense. Um, so I, I think that was definitely good for them to get rid of it. Oh, yeah. Them getting rid of Isaiah Thomas makes them the winners in my mind. And that guy was the first to blame everyone else and the last to blame himself. So he was just a cancer for that team. Um, so then moving off from trade deadline into what is happening now, what is happening tonight. Honestly, I don't even know the hours that these things come on live. I, I never know. I never know if I'm watching the Olympics live or not. They're 14 hours ahead, but it doesn't even say like a live thing on the TV. I have no clue if what I'm watching has already happened. But that being said, the Winter Olympics is happening. Um, what? Let's just start with what is your guys' favorite Winter Olympic sport to watch? I would say downhill skiing because that's the one I'm most impressed with. Probably because like I have skied. So I realize how fast they're going, how terrifying that must look, um, and just the control that they have. So I would say, yeah, that's probably my favorite to watch, just because it's unbelievably impressive. I had trouble picking one over the other. Um, I really do love the speed skating. Paul Antonano and Shawnee Davis um, have been so much fun to watch in recent Olympics, um, as well as the snowboarding halfpipe. I think Sean White just puts a show every time he goes out there. Um, so both of those are tied for me. Yeah, I, the speed skating, I have no clue how you pass people. I no, mean, I'm I afraid like, everyone's going to cut off each other's fingers when they put their hand down. Yeah, it's it's claustrophobic in there. And they, I think that's what makes the person in first, if they can block, they don't even have to be going fast. They can just block. And honestly, that speed skating is frustrating for me to watch. Um, I would say my... I, guys, I have really enjoyed the pairs figure skating this year. I think it's the first year I've gotten into it, and it's made me want to watch Blades of Glory a lot. But I love to see, like, are they brother and sister? Are they in love? Or are they just friends? See, I start to feel really comfortable when they actually are brother and sister, but then their act, they have to act like they're in love. That's right. When, that's when, when it creeps me out. Yeah, that's when the couple stuff starts... Or like Not afterwards when the brother and sister go in for a kiss and they get way too close to kissing on the lips. And then I'm confused. I'm like, I thought you're brother and sister, but now I'm not sure. So that's been really fun to watch for me because I just never know what's going to happen. Is that your favorite because it's actually your favorite or that's just all we were watching yesterday because all this other stuff got canceled? It's mainly what I've watched so far. And so that makes it my favorite. Um, So that being said, what... Or who is the Olympian to watch this year? Who are you guys tuning in to see and why? Mine's uh, Lindsey Vaughn, just because at 33, um, I'd be impressed to see what she can do. The historic 
downhill skier. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to watch her. I don't know when that event is. Do you guys know when it is? Yeah. No clue. They, they've had a lot of stuff canceled because they've had a ton of bad weather. Um, it's been super windy. I believe it's February 17th. Is, uh, Ready the with the stat? Yeah. <laughs> how, how long do the Winter Olympics go on for? I think it's the 25th or 26th. It's something around there. It's something in the 20s. And are they every day? Most likely. They got a lot of events to get through. We haven't seen a ton of events. We have seen a lot of figure skating, though, and uh, I've enjoyed it. I think who I... I've actually have already watched it. So most of my thoughts is because I've already seen it. Uh, I've enjoyed the men's luge. And I'll tell you why. I like an underdog. I like when the USA is an underdog. And that I, German, I don't know how you're an underdog in luge, though. I still don't understand the whole... I don't know how you're an underdog if you're USA anything. But they are. They were. That German is good. But to see the men's luge compete and to end up winning a silver, am I right on that? Uh, was incredible and I think that's a sport that in many winter Olympic sports that the USA is starting to compete in and one day we're going to win every single event fact fact we only have two medals right now so that's a who's leading Germany um I would look that up I'm not completely sure but I was like we only got two medals and it's, it's amazing how good we are at summer Olympics and how poor we are at winter Olympics I don't know uh, my Olympian to watch, um, I don't know how you can't say Lindsey Vaughn. She compete, competes with such a chip on her shoulder. Um, her grandfather actually just passed away. He served in the Korean War, um, and she desperately wanted him to make it out there um, to Korea to watch her. Um, she said she's uh, competing at about 50%, 60%, uh, which still makes her top three in the world. Incredible. She, uh, she missed the Sochi Olympics, um, so she's been waiting eight years to get back out there and try and win gold, so I'm excited to see what she can do. Guys, Norway is leading in medals. They have eight, but Germany's leading in golds with three. USA has one gold, one silver, and that gold was from the 17-year-old snowboarder. Red Gerard. Red Gerard. Yeah, that was, that was impressive yesterday. We were watching that. Kid couldn't believe it. 17 was... years old. He, he, it was awesome to see a kid that young go through those emotions live on television. He he was just ecstatic, and yeah, so was I. I mean, I would. he seemed almost like he was a loss for words. I would, too. I mean, the kid's 17 years old. He's at the biggest event for his sport, and he just won gold and beat two other Canadians who were very well known for the sport and have been around for a while. Yeah, he was at a loss for words, but I'm pretty sure someone dropped an F-bomb. Yeah, he dropped a couple. Did it come from him? He, he he dropped a few a few could, words of that category. I heard him say frickin', but that I never heard the actual F-bomb, but Mike Tirico apologized for the language. I never heard it. Yeah, I like how they have Mike Tirico just waiting in the lodge for us after after the event's over. I think they'll let the F-bomb slide. He's 17. Uh, just thinking back here, what we were doing at 17, um, playing golf. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't flipping on a snowboard. <laughs> wasn't flipping on a snowboard, but playing golf, dropping some F-bombs. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. Um, my last thought on Winter Olympics is we're just getting started with this. We'll be back next week with more Winter Olympics talk. But if you had to enter one Winter Olympic sport, so you they sat down and said you have to enter this and you have to compete, which one would you choose? Now, I would encourage you guys to think about this. Um, think strongly because you're taking safety into play. You're taking pride 
into play. You're taking the United States of America into play. Which event and why? Um, I have to go with speed skating. Um, I mentioned before, I love watching it. Can you skate? You would probably, I feel like you could get lapped like many times though. I'm not sure I have the uh, ideal body type. Um, <laughs> Apollo Anton Ono is 5'8", uh, 145, and I run about 6'6", 245, so I'm not sure um, if that'll work out. But I'd, <laughs> You'd be hard to pass. <laughs> if I could ever get in first, I'd be hard to pass, but um, yeah. So, Speed so, skating. Wow. So you want to know which one we think we would embarrass ourselves the least in? And also survive. Which sport you think you could compete best in? I would say because it's it's such a, a tight uh, time interval between placements. I would probably do the singles luge. Are you kidding me? I would. Uh, I you would, would die. I would strap myself in one of those sleds. I saw a few people almost die yesterday. Like yeah, they were, they were hitting the wall. Yeah, I would do it because I. I wonder, like, what skill goes... I, I know I'm not going to question anyone's Tons skill. Tons of controlling. Not, they I'm, they control that thing so much. If you're not controlling it, you hit one bank and you're flipping over. I'm just saying, I would take it easy down. I'd probably lose by around, like, 30 seconds. How would I, you slow yourself? I don't think you slow yourself down. I think you just go. You can. You can slow and speed up, but you would only know how to speed up. I, there's there's probably there's probably breaks on the stuff. Is it like what we used to do in, in Park City? It is not like the bobsled rides that you can do <laughs> on the mountain. I I think in those carts. It's I think not I, like that. I think I stand by my choice. I mean, I would pay to watch that, but I I really don't think you'd survive. Um, if I had to choose one, I, I was struggling with this. I was choosing either between cross country skiing or curling. Cross country now, skiing, I don't think you'd make it halfway. You'd I think I would. Killed over. On I the think side. I would die of exhaustion. That is correct. Which is why. I went with curling. I would be horrible at it, so I surely my pride would be lost. I would bring shame to my country. Um, so I would bring shame to my name, it. but I would be so safe, and I would be able to go back to my family as an Olympian and as someone who survived, um, unlike you who had been killed in the luge. No, there's not a chance I would get hurt. I would stay in my sled, and if I hit the wall, I hit the wall, but I'm still inside the sled. People have died doing luge. People that know what they're doing. No one's died playing curling as far as I know. Well, curling would be good. Be, yeah, it used to be terrible. Which is fine. Yeah. But I, I th mean, I think luge, I could look the most like I know what I'm doing. Fair enough. I also think I'd be good at downhill skiing, but that's another story. Um, you still pizza. On the blacks, I do pizza from time to time. But on the blues, I'm very good. Is it a black they go down? Probably. It's probably it's, it's pretty steep. Yeah, it's probably pretty steep. Um, probably a double black, or it's like one of those areas you're not even allowed to go on. It's the off, now, I'm off sure, terrain. I'm sure it's not double black because they still have to have some control. It's probably around a black. I mean, it probably is definitely a black. I don't know if it's a double black. It's most of your double blacks are moguls. There, yeah, true. Anywho, moving on from Winter Olympics um, to a topic I'm quite fond of. I will admit my bias on this and. Uh, I'm a huge fan, always have been from a very young age, through the ups and downs, um, and this is someone I've, uh, guys I've looked up to, in solely golf, yeah, I've looked up to please, him. Yeah, solely golf. Uh, and he goes by the name of Mr. Eldrick Woods. What, guys, are your thoughts on Tiger's last, last time we saw him was in Torrey, um, where he t had a finish of tied for 23rd, I believe? Uh, what were your guys' thoughts on his performance then, 
And what, what does, um, yeah, how does that make you feel about his uh, showing in the Genesis Open coming up this week? How does it make you feel about that? Well, other than actually winning that tournament, it went exactly how I would want it to. He finished, which is number one, what I really wanted him to do. And he just, he, he looked like he was starting to get a feel of the golf course again. Obviously, your first uh, huge competitive tournament back, you're going to be out of the tournament. A Playing a difficult course. Difficult course. Um, the the best thing I saw is that I was I was honestly happy his problem was driving and that he was doing well in short game and, and finishing because that's what's going to win you your majors. You can figure out the driving. It's probably a, a simple... Just a simple fix with his swing. And he drove it well in the Bahamas. Yeah, yeah, he drove it extremely well, but his short game was In his own tournament, yeah. yeah. Uh, short game was a little rusty, but this was, short game was exemplary. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's what made Tiger great was his short game. He's never been that great of a driver. That's why he hits that stinger off the tee. Um, so, yeah, I was really happy to see how he did. I think he, yeah, he fought really well, and that's that's what you need to win a major. So I was super happy to see about that. To be honest, I was kind of disappointed. Um, Tiger chose Torrey Pines to make his return. Um, it's a really tough golf course. It's windy. Fairways are super narrow. They're nothing like the Bahamas. Um, but he, he played better than I expected. Um, his short game was obviously really good. He putted okay. Um, the driver was about where I expected it to be. Um, I don't think he did anything particularly really well, but that makes it pretty scary for the rest of the tour, him coming in tied for 23rd. Um, oh yeah. People start being scared of Tiger again. They'll, it'll get back to that point. Yeah. I, I was also a bit unhappy with, um, where he chose to come back, but very happy with how it all finished out. And, uh, he went 72, 71, 70, 72, but that 72 on Sunday could have been a lot better. He kind of limped coming into that final stretch but I think and what you what Tiger used to be great at was he didn't hit a lot of fairways but he hit so many greens that was the one thing that was missing um a couple weeks ago was he was doing a fantastic job of getting up and down but he wasn't hitting those greens he wasn't giving himself a lot of birdie chances he was putting well but usually those putts were for par and but what I really like to see and what really gets me excited for the rest of the year is how he handled the par fives. That is where Tiger Woods made his money, was those par fives. Played him better than anybody else. And to see him getting back to that, and getting back to just being able to rip driver, rip some iron up near the green, get it close to the hole, and tap in for birdie, I mean, that gets me excited. So, where he's at going into Genesis Open is encouraging. My question now is, will Tiger Woods win a major this year yes wow and i say that all the time and i know you do so yes. give me good reason i have a lot of blind faith when it comes to tiger i think we all do but i can see it i wish he would have gotten that back fusion surgery earlier because it's exactly what he needed i think i'm gonna get it yeah i think i'm gonna get it. he's playing good golf um but yeah i mean tiger's the goat and if he gets back into form that man's gonna win a major i was i saw a tweet today that was super funny, um, and it was about the GOAT, of course. Um, and it was a stat. It was players to win consecutive PGA Tour starts as world number one since rankings began in 1986. Dustin Johnson last year uh, did it once. 
Rory did it once in 2012. VJ did it once in 2004. Tiger, 22 times. He is a once-in-a-lifetime athlete. He will win a major if he's healthy. Goat. Um, I think he will win multiple PGA Tour events this year. Um, if he can stay healthy, um, I think Augustus is best bet if he wants to win a major. I agree. He has to make cuts in these tournaments coming up. Um, I think he'll get better in the coming weeks. Um, we all know how much he loves Bay Hill and that sets him up well for Augusta. Um, I don't see him winning U.S. Open or British Open. Do you know where the U.S. Open is? Um, I do not, but I can look that up. Yeah, yeah, look that up. Yeah, because that, that was how I was thinking. Masters is an easy win for him. And if the U.S. Open treats his game well, he wins that as well. So it could be two. I don't think he will win a major this year. I don't think he's going to break Jack Nicklaus' record of 18. But he's not done. He has a few majors left in him, and I think this year is his step forward to start competing in these things again. He'll make the cut in every single major, and he'll have a top 10 finish in two of them. The Masters and the U.S. Open. Two top 10 finishes, and he is going to start competing again. We are going to see a lot more Sunday red with the black slacks. And quite frankly, it's not going to be just because the coverage wants to put him on when he's in dead last. No, no, it's going to be because he is making a run to the top of the leaderboard. He's going to come up just short, but Tiger Woods is on the up and coming. 2018 U.S. Open is at Shinnecock Hills. Okay, I don't know that course. And 2018 British Open is at Carnoustie. Um, Not familiar with either of those. But, I mean, if, if the British Open plays anything like it normally does, that'll be an interesting one for Tiger because that's... That's a lot about short game and a lot about. Carnoustie's a good track. Real good track. Yeah. It's all about chipping. I don't know about Chicago Hills. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, with those British Open courses, it's always like you're just like putting on concrete and stuff. So, I mean, if his short game is like it was this week, I mean, you don't, a lot of those British Open courses, you don't need a fantastic, accurate driver because it's so wide open. But if he can. If he can scramble and finish like he did in this past tournament, honestly, yeah, I give him a good chance at the British Open as well. His short game gets me most excited for Augusta, and that is where I'm really, really intrigued to see where Tiger finishes because do not be surprised if you see him on that first page of leaderboard and perhaps number one. If it's not Tiger who wins Augusta, who is it? Uri McElroy. If it is Tiger, wouldn't it be a sight to see if Sergio putting the green jacket on? Oh, him man, that would I, be glorious. I would love to see that. I forgot he won last year. Gosh, that got me mad. I was happy for him for a total of 12 minutes, and yeah, then I went back to not liking him. Do you remember when, what tournament was it that he that he got mad at Tiger for taking out the three wood? TPC Sawgrass. Yeah, TPC Sawgrass. and Tiger won that, didn't he? Yeah, because they were in it at the end. I remember that. That was the that was the year he won five tournaments that year. Sergio's just not used to playing in front of a crowd. No one, exactly. no one's ever following him. Exactly. Like, he took out a club. Like, that's not Tiger's fault. He's playing golf. All right, guys. Um, well, we're going to go ahead and close up here with uh, a, a segment I like to call the Who Cares Matchup of the Week. Um, so this is, we're looking for a game, a matchup, an event of sports that's happening this week that 
when you announce it to people, they say, who cares? Who could possibly be watching that other than family, friends, and sports betters? So, yeah, go ahead and give me your who cares matchup of the week. If you are watching the Magic game, um, you're wanting them to lose because we all know that tanking does work. Um, yes. My who cares matchup of the week I will not be watching as the Magic for playing the Hornets um, mm-hmm. Wednesday night. Um, I don't have any interest in that game other than seeing us lose. We have played well against good teams, so I'm kind of worried that we might actually start winning some games against some <laughs> not-so-very-good opponents. I like that. Um my who cares matchup of the week, this could be a little controversial, is the Olympic women's hockey. And I'll tell you what, it's not a knock against women or hockey. It's just the fact that I already know who's going to win, and that's Canada. They win every time. And quite frankly, it's hard for me to get into hockey. I'll admit, great sport, real fun to watch. But... This, the U.S. Olympic women's hockey, not U.S., just Olympic women's hockey in general, I got to say, who cares? I got to say that. I I love the Olympics, but who cares? Did you see the Korea team? I thought that was pretty cool. The women's Korea team for, uh, it was like a couple days ago. Yeah, they got spanked. Yeah, they got spanked, but North and South Korea came together. It was like the only sport that they came together. So I thought that was interesting, but yes, they they absolutely got throttled, which was sad to see. They had cheerleaders and everything. It was really abysmal, but I thought that was super cool. So, but yeah, if you don't think anyone cares, that's fine. Um, I, I'm going to go the NBA route as well. Um, tomorrow at 7, uh, the Pelicans are playing the Pistons, and two interesting teams. They got good players, but it's one of those games that's frustrating to watch because they're just not on the level of any elite teams, I don't believe. I think when DeMarcus Cousins went to the Pelicans, they wanted them to be elite, and they thought they had the chance, but it just hasn't panned out exactly how they wanted it to. So, And also the Pistons, they get Blake Griffin, but they're just not, still not good enough. If the, if the Clippers couldn't win with Blake Griffin, I promise you the Pistons won't either. Um, so yeah, just two teams that are below the cusp, so... I just feel like it's just not a not a really fun game to watch. Nothing to play for. Salt Lake City, 2002, gold, Canada. Turin, 2006, gold, Canada. See, I hear where you're going with this. Vancouver, 2010, gold, Canada. And last but not least, Sochi, 2014. Who won the gold? Canada did, eh? Yeah, I hear where you're going with that. I was just saying the Korea thing was like Who a super, super cool cares? thing to see. All right. All right, guys, Um, that's all we have for today. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this first ever podcast about Cup of Joe and Jimmy with our pal Luke. Um, Go ahead and give us a follow on our social media. Go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter at a cup of Joe and Jimmy. Instagram, a cup of Joe and Jimmy. And yeah, if you, whatever you're listening to this on, we're on iTunes as well as SoundCloud as of now. If there's better things to be on, we'll put the podcast on there. Totally new to this, but yeah, super excited. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll try and remember to say this every week, but wherever you're listening on, if you could give us, if it's a like or a positive review, I hear podcasts live and die off their reviews. So yeah, even if you're even if you hated it, please lie. 
so that we can uh, keep this going. Yeah, honestly, if you hated it, just go ahead and find a new podcast, but uh, probably keep your comments to yourself. That'd be nice. But if you liked it, stop what you're doing and rave. Tell your friends. Tell your mother. Tell your father. That's a cup of Joe and Jimmy. You guys have a great week. See ya. Bye. Wait, don't click away. We spoke a little bit too soon. We had not made a Twitter handle when we first recorded this podcast. Our Twitter handle will actually be a cup of J and J on Twitter. So follow that handle, disregard the other one. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week.